Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. We're all given different gifts. So, so to not, you know, so I believe the correction is taking place. Very possible, Paul the Apostle, when Timothy was, was there with them, probably came back and says, hey, you know, we've got a little bit of a problem here. They don't want to receive from this guy because they believe he's, he's new in the faith and they can't listen to him. And so Paul said, no, 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 pay attention. Is he teaching the word of God? Is he warning through the word of God? Pay attention to what he has to say. When I was at Costa Mesa Calvary with under Pastor Chuck and was new on staff, one of my first appointments, I had a counseling appointment. We would do biblical counseling. And I didn't even have an office yet. So I was in the main sanctuary. I sat down and the gentleman came in and this older gentleman came in and gray hair and he looked at me and he goes, whoa, he's like, he had a shocked look on his face. He goes, you're young. And I was like, I think like 37 years old, 38 years old at the time. And, and so he, he's looking at me, he goes, well, I, he goes, you know, uh, Romaine used to pastor, he used to counsel me. And he says, I don't know. He started backing away from me. And I says, well, listen, you know, Romaine passed away, you know, right around that time. I says, okay. I said, listen, I go, I get it. I said, I'm younger. I says, but by the grace of God, I'm called to be a pastor teacher. I love the word of God. Hopefully you're here to hear what God has to say through his word. This is biblical counseling. And so if you want to hear from God through the word of God, I think I can help you. But if you're here to hear a man's opinion, then you're at the wrong place. And he goes, well, no, no, I want to hear from... And I said, I think Romaine, I don't think he gave you his opinion. He went to the word of God and that's what I'll do. So, you know, just you know, sit down, let's talk and let's go through, the, you know, what's going on. And we talked and went to the scriptures, counseled him through the word of God, prayed with him, and then... You could just tell God showed up. And that's what this is talking about. Beware of how we judge people from outward appearance or you know, thinking, are they gifted? Are they called to be leaders? Do you reverence? Do you respect? Do you have that type of respect for them? It's important that we do. This goes great with it. Remember what Paul, this, Paul told young Timothy, you know, picture this. This goes with this where uh, Timothy was a young pastor. So what did Paul the apostle tell young Timothy? He says, let no one despise your what? Youth. Here he's a pastor. Here's a leader. Here he's instructing elderly men and he's telling the elderly men what to do. So he said, oh no, Paul the apostle says, let no one despise your youth, but be in a, a what? Example to the believers in word. Very important. Be an example in the word of God. Walk your, the walk as you're teaching the word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come, give attention to, read, to reading, that's the word of God. So this is what pastors should do. They should be reading the word of God, to exhortation, to exhorting the word of God, yes. to doctrine, to teaching. Do we teach the word of God? Yes. That's so important. That's where it comes from. Young Timothy, don't worry. Don't let, don't, don't let anyone despise your youth. You've got a gift. You've got a calling. This is what you're called to do. Keep doing it. And don't neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you, by prophecy and the laying of the hand, so is given to you of the elderly. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. So they should see the progress as you're maturing and you're gifting and all. Take heed to yourself and to the what? Teaching, back to teaching. But listen to this. This threw me off the first time I read this. Continue in them for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. 
Do you remember the first time you read that? You think, wait, 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 what? If, when you're teaching and you're doctrine, you're going to save yourself? I thought we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. Well, well, interesting that word, the word save, so you don't miss it. It means to keep safe or to protect. So by teaching, you're going to protect yourself. In other words, you're going to be so busy giving over to teaching that you won't have time to get into trouble. <laughs> and you're going to read what God wants and it's going to protect you, but it's also going to protect those that are listening to you because you're warning them, you're instructing them through the word of God. Again, we're each given a gift. I, I wanna add this in Romans 12, where it talks about the gifts that we have. So as, as we realize, as soon as we get saved, we're given a gift. We can mature in the gift, but we're all given at least one gift. So Paul the Apostle, Romans 12 says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. They're given to us by grace. Let us use them if prophecy, let us, what? prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry that means to minister to serve others let us use it in our ministering he who teaches in teaching real basic he who exhorts in exhortation he who gives a gift of giving with liberality in other words generously he who leads the leaders in the church with what diligence do it diligently he who shows mercy with I love this cheerfulness that, that part, I just have to stop. If, somebody, if you have a gift of being merciful, you know, just God's given you this wonderful gift. You don't want to do it like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm going to be merciful to you. I don't really, no, no, do it cheerfully. God has blessed you. And then one more place, and then we'll move on in this part. It says now, talking about the, the gifts again, now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the, can we say that loud? Church. First, apostles. I think the strictest sense of apostleship is over. There was 12 apostles. So I, I just, I have a little pet peeve when, when I introduce to a pastor, he says, I'm Apostle Joe, or I'm Apostle Peter. And I'm like, the, the strictest sense of the word, there's no apostles. There was 12 apostles, but that's a whole nother teaching. We'll leave that there. Second, prophets. Third, can we say it out loud? After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, and various tongues. Let's go back. Verse 13. So verse 13, it's, so not only are we to recognize them, we're to acknowledge them, but now it goes a little deeper. Look at this. It says, and to esteem them. Can we say that out loud? Very highly in love for the work's sake. We're to esteem them very highly in love. I want to give you some definitions here because to kind of understand what this is talking about in the original language. Esteem means to consider, to account. So you're to consider them very highly. You're to account them very highly. You're to regard them or value them very highly. So it's, you're to you know, realize the importance of that, okay? But very highly means beyond measure, exceedingly high, in love, meaning showing them lots of love. That's my definition of it. <laughs> for their work's sake. So because they're laboring, because they're diligent, because they're teaching, because they're giving their lives over to this, so we're to do this, to esteem them very highly. I have to say, in the church here, I get a lot of that. I, and I'm so blessed constantly. You get people from the church and online, and, and it's just a, a huge blessing. Matter of fact, 
um, last Sunday, and I'll bring a picture up here. The ladies here, so they gave me a card and, and all. It, it's, and this, I'm not saying this for any other purpose, but it's, it's Pastor's Appreciation Month, so they brought me a card, and, and they just, they wrote all these beautiful things, and they explained to me, you know, why they love me and, and all that, and it was just like, and how, because we're teaching the Word of God here, and, that we, and one of the ladies, and I didn't get permission to say it, so I won't point her out, she looked at me in the eyes, and she says, Pastor, I love you. And she says, I've never loved a pastor before in my life. And I was just like, thank you. That's beautiful. And I read through the card and I read through it again. And it, this blesses me. And it, I believe this, I'm, we're going through the text and this is what we're reading about. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, if they're called, if someone has a calling on their life, you know, admonish them. Look up to them in a good way. Not in a, okay, there's balance here. You know, like when you see people kissing the Pope's ring, that's, that's not what this is talking about. I hope you know that. We're not to place anyone in a position in that type of a way. We're not to bow down to anybody. I've had that happen to me. That's kind of weird. I'm like, well, they're bowing down. No, 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 don't do that. We're, we're only bowed down before the King of Kings. We bow our knee to him. But we're to acknowledge and esteem them very highly. That's just biblical. It's a good thing. Why? Because there's a spiritual battle that can take place whispering against those that are in leadership. Do you know that? I can't believe he said that. <laughs> so beware. Last Sunday, we had a couple here from Houston, Texas. My wife uh, had an opportunity to talk to them for a while. And so listen, they're in Houston, Texas. They can't find a church that does what we're doing here. In Te I'm thinking, Texas? I thought they were all, it's the Bible. I thought all Texas was a Bible belt. I didn't know, but they literally, and I, I talked to them after service, and they said, no, there's no church in our area that does what you're doing, teaching the Word of God, interpreting Scripture with Scripture, and keeping it relevant for today. We can't find a church like that. Matter of fact, this is what they told my wife. They have like seven or eight couples they meet. They watch us from Houston Online, and we're their church from online. And so after speaking to them, they're just so grateful. And so I'm like, God, God, you're so good. And so that's what a church is called to do. That's what we're supposed to do. But in contrast, I want to point this out. Ezekiel 34.2 says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. And you know this. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? So this is a rebuke. This is the contrast. So those that, I would say, if you're going to a church and you're just visiting here and the church that you typically go to, they don't teach through the word of God, then the Bible says, woe to you. If you're feeding yourself and you're not feeding the flock, we're to feed the flock. Meaning, as a pastor, all pastors, shepherds should be here taking time with the word of God, spending time in the word of God, interpreting scripture with scripture, going through the Bible. Typically, if a church is not going through scripture, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, typically you can tell after a short period of time where they're leaning. In other words, they might be a, a church of faith. And so mostly what they talk about is faith and everything's all about faith. Or healing. You got these churches, all they talk about is gifts of healing. That's good, healing's great, faith is great. Or you get some prosperity and it's just all prosperity and everything is just, pro God wants everyone to prosper. Really? And so what happens, listen, what happens if you're not feeding the flock, going through the Bible, you're going to get these pet 
doctrines. You're going to get, you're going to get hung up on this, though, and, and it's going to come out constantly through the teaching, in their teaching, and it's going to, they're going to, you know, t- typically gravitate to one or two doctrines, and that's all they typically, they, everything is surrounded with that particular teaching. Beware. The Lord said through Ezekiel, woe to those. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? It says you eat the fat and clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the fatling, but you do not feed the flock. Sheep become healthy when they're fed. The only way we can get fed as sheep is through the word of God. Amen? Back in verse 13, it says, be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace among yourselves. In other words, notice in context, he's talking to the brethren. Be at peace among yourselves. One of the greatest ways to be a blessing to leadership is work things out among yourselves. Don't bring every little matter to the pastor. Don't bring every little matter to leadership. So what's happening, the great exhortation for those that are in the church, be at peace among yourself. Work things out among yourself. Uh, pray it out together. Humble yourself. Go to the person. Put away your pride. Don't try to win the argument. Admit when you're wrong. Realize that we're all on the same team. Realize that there's a battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Realize, listen, there is a demonic realm also here that wants to divide all of us. Communication, prayer, humbling yourself, going to one another. Years back, I remember... A gentleman came to me and he says, Pastor, I just have to tell you, I've been mad at you for some time. And I says, okay. He says, why? And he says, well, because you said this and that. And I go, okay, I don't remember saying that, but I know I wouldn't have meant that the way you're saying it. I probably meant this. And I explained what I meant. He goes, oh, now I get it. And I said, yeah. I says, well, great. I said, thank you for coming to me. That's wonderful. I, I says, well, how long have you been holding on to this? He goes, about five years. <laughs> I go, it took you five years to tell me this? And this one's classic. Check this out. I had another person come to me. And he came to me. He says, Pastor, I, I need to tell you something. He says, I don't like how you pray. I go, okay. I says, well, what, what do you think's wrong the way I pray? He goes, well, when you call God, you say, Abba, Father, Daddy. And I said, and? He says, well, that's not scriptural. I says, no, 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 no. Now, don't say that because it is scriptural. And I went to the verses. I showed him. He says, well, I read in a commentary that you shouldn't do that. And I says, well, who wrote the commentary? And he tells me the person. I go, wait, 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 wait. This is a true story. I go, wait, wait, wait. No, that's a good, that's, I know the commentary. I read those commentaries. He's good. He's a good pastor. I said, show that to me. He went out to his car. He gets his, he get out, he got out his commentary and he starts reading it. And as he's reading, he's like, it totally contradict what he thought he was reading. It was saying we should refer to God as daddy, Abba, father. And it's a good thing. And he's reading it. And I'm like, he goes, oh, I misunderstood it. And I go, yeah, you misunderstood it. And, he's, and I said, so that's good. I said, Thank you for bringing it to my attention, though, because some people just get this way, and they've got like an attitude towards me. I don't even know why. (laughs) Some people can be that way. They can have a criticalness. They're looking for reasons why not to like somebody. Be at peace among yourselves. Paul the Apostle tells the church in Ephesus, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling with which you're called with all lowliness, important, and gentleness, with long-suffering. That's patience. This is talking about with each other. Be patient. 
bearing with one another in. Do you get that? Bearing with each other in love. We have something, and I'm not, we have something very special that continues to happen here, I believe, is that we're still like a family. But part of making the family work, we've got to bear with one another. We've got to talk to one another. We've got to pray with one another. So bearing with one another in love. But then endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of what? Peace. Endeavoring, that word endeavoring means labor at it. Labor at it. In other words, you, to keep peace in, whenever there's a, a work of the Holy Spirit and God's putting a family together like he's doing here, you and I have to work at it. It's, it's something we have to work at. It's not just going to come easy. We have to work at getting along with each other. There's different personalities. We have different gifts. We have different, you know, different ways of leading and directing. And we, we have to work at it. Create instruction if we want to keep peace daily. Then it goes, in verse 14, it says, we're talking still about the family, keeping peace, brethren. It says, now we exhort you again, brethren, warn those who are what? Unruly. When someone's unruly in the body of Christ, it can rob a lot of people's peace. So unruly. Unruly is, is disorderly, without order, without law. God is a God of order. So when there's someone that's unruly, what do you have to do? Warn them, caution them, provide instruction, Correct their behavior and beliefs, bring warning, bring correction, or to set right. So it's part of what we're to do when there's someone unruly. So you're always going to have somebody that's in your midst that's just disorderly, unruly. And what do you do? This is this part I do not like. I have to tell you as a pastor, I don't like doing this, but it's important to keep peace in the body of Christ. If they continue to be unruly, you warn them. And you warn them. When our when we first started in 2003 in the Sunset Beach Women's Club, we had a couple, uh, and we were real small. We just had a handful of people, so everybody was in leadership, basically. Everybody was leading, because it was like... <laughs> so we had this couple, they were, you know, in a type of leadership position, and they just caused problems all the time. And so we would sit down with them and say, well, do you know this is wrong? Warning. And th- this is what they would say every time. Oh, no, no, I get it. We get it. All right, we get it. All right, good. You get it. Get it. No change. And in my mind, as a young pastor just starting a church, you know, when they said, I get it, I'm thinking, whew, that's done. That's over. Thank you, Lord. They get it. They get it. They didn't get it. And they would cause problems again. We sit down and say, wait, 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 wait. Okay, this is wrong. Do you understand? Yeah, we get it. All right. I'm like, whew, that was easy. They get it. They didn't get it. And this went on for some time. And as we were trying to be gracious and loving, sitting down. To, and finally, we just said, listen, that's it. We warned you. You're, you're causing problems. You, you cannot be in any kind of leadership. Just sit. Just sit there. Listen to the word of God. And, and just let's see what happens from there, right? Never saw him again. After a short period of time, I got a phone call from a pastor friend of mine. Do you know so-and-so? Oh, yeah. Well, they're causing problems here, and they said they went to your church. I said, you keep them. No. No. I didn't say that. It was just a joke. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just... I said, yeah, they... I said, they'll probably tell you they get it, and they never did get it. But just, we'll be praying for you, brother, and that's it. The warning. Listen, we all make mistakes. We can all get into a place there's, you know, pride or, or, you know, we want to be right and we want to win an argument. And 
but we need to humble ourselves. Unruly people can take peace away from us. They can rob a congregation. They really can. God loves them, but there needs to be correction. There needs to be warning that goes out. They need to be warned. And that's the exhortation in the Word of God telling us what we're to do. I believe we're living in a country right now that's unruly. We're living in a world that's unruly. And that's why here at this church, we put out the warning. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. It's biblical. We're to admonish. As I, we looked at in verse 12, admonish means we're to warn. When those things are wrong, as a believer, as a, a pastor of a church, we need to warn what's wrong. And I believe there's a lot that's going wrong. We already put this in our announcement that this is wrong. Proposition one, to amend our constitution to kill babies up to the day of birth is wrong. And I don't care. You might be here thinking, oh, you shouldn't get involved in politics. This is not, do you know Gavin Newsom is actually quoting scripture on billboards saying that to love your neighbors to kill a baby? But pastors, you be quiet. Don't talk about those things. This is wrong. And yes, I urge everyone to vote no on this proposal. And I know other pastors that are being shadow banned and being, well, they've been shadow banning this church for over a year now. So it's whatever, so be it, whatever happens. Just so you know, I hope you know that. Shadow banned is that we, even on, listen, on our YouTube page, on our, our news feed, on our YouTube page, if you go to, we've got two different ones. If you go to it, we can't even find ourselves, our current teachings on our own YouTube page. That's how badly we're shadow banned. Why? Because we talk about things that are true. This I don't care if we get removed from all, but we'll continue to say no on Prop 1. And we're working, by the way, we're working real soon to be able to have a whole new platform where we don't have to worry about these people banning us. So. And that's why we do what we do here. That's wrong. Then you have this. University of uh, Southern Maine student demands professor to be fired for saying there's only two sexes. A non-binary student says, I felt under personal attack. That's a country that we live in today. This is wrong. Then I find this just interesting. Russia has appointed, listen to this, just appointed a ruthless commander known, as, known by his troops as General Armageddon. So it's interesting. They, so they know him as General. And he's the new uh, ruler here that's going to, the general that's in charge of the group that's uh, there, the military operation there in Ukraine. So I just thought I'd point that out. Interesting wording, to say the least. Comfort the faint-hearted. So the unruly, we warn. The faint-hearted, we're to comfort. The weak, we're to uphold. Uh, I love giving definitions, so if you're a note-taker, there's some definitions with uh, the original language, what these words mean. So we're to comfort. What, that are faint-hearted. Those that are timid or discouraged, they're starting to lose heart. What are we to do? We're to... to reassure them, to console them, to encourage them, to refresh, to strengthen, to bring comfort, to bring cheer. And it's an interesting word, that word comfort is very similar to the word comforter, the paracletus, the, 
the, the Holy Spirit. So uh, we're to come close to them. We're to come alongside of them. This, this would be like new believers and they don't really, they're getting beat up. They read the word of God and they're like, oh no, you know. And that you were to be there with the word of God to comfort them and to, to help them. So no, 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 this is in context, this is what it means. And we're to pray for them and be there for them. So it still goes with peace. They're losing their peace. They're, they're not at peace because they're getting beat up. We're to comfort them. We're to be there for them. Those that are weak with no strength, state of helplessness, sick, uh, the weak in the faith, we're to help them, aid them, support them with the word of God and with prayer. That's what we're called to do. So simple message, the way of peace. So much more here to go over, but we don't have time but just to say, God wants us to have his peace. God is a God of peace. We have the peace of God. We have peace with God. But there will be things that can come in that will try to rob our peace. We've been given some good instruction from Paul the Apostle. Help us, Lord, to apply these truths. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.